So we're just recording this real quick because it, we're looking at, you know, a, kind of a crazy uh, first two weeks of this kind of what we're going to call the heavy tornado season. So we're really ramping up into this because at, well, generally when we see the most tornadoes, they start occurring at the beginning of April through May. So considering it was the last week of March and now it's the beginning of April, we're going to have to look and see, you know, what all could happen. And let's look at what happened this past weekend. So there was a huge severe threat, if you weren't aware, aware across parts of Illinois, Iowa, um, and other parts of the Midwest. And it was just a massive, they put it all the way up to moderate, and it was just centered at Peoria, Illinois. And we, we, when we see this, we generally think, oh yeah, there's definitely going to be tor a tornado outbreak with this, because you don't see this. So kind of something that was interesting is, or we could call this kind of a weekend that was a bust, or we could call a weekend that was successful. And the way that we're going to really tell this is by looking at really, you know, was there tornadoes? And there was, but not in the area that we had predicted. And a lot of this, whenever we were looking at the storms on the, on the system of the day of, they all were showing Illinois, 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 Illinois. There were going to be all these massive tornadoes across parts of Illinois. Well, actually, one of the biggest tornadoes was in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So that's not even anywhere near. It wasn't even on the scale of any. I don't think it was even the slight range. It was it was just in the marginal, if I have that right. Uh, and it was crazy. So really, we're gonna look at here in this episode what is, you know, what was that event? Was it a bust? Was it good? And you know, were, are these March systems anything like what we could see in April and May? And then also, too, we're going to look at this is the tornado preseason. And now we're starting to ramp up into it. So what is to be looked almost forward to to see are we going to have a severe year or not? So looking at this year, so far we have had uh, quite a few severe events, uh, mostly across parts of the south, but we have had one or two across parts of the Midwest. So this past week, whenever we saw that there were going to be some thunderstorms, wasn't too surprising. But whenever we saw they were going to be super severe, getting closer to the day of, that kind of surprised everybody. But this was the first outbreak potential of, of the year. We had had uh, a tornado threat. We didn't had, haven't had an outbreak threat. All the discussions were talking about a th uh, you know an outbreak threat. It wasn't ever a tornado threat. It was a potential outbreak that could occur. And that's something that we haven't seen so far. So, of course, everyone took it seriously and was all prepared and stuff for it. But with that moderate in northern Illinois, that left a whole question of, you know, how far east could these storms travel? And in the aftermath of it, we could see that really in Illinois, we did have some tornadoes, but they weren't really the big stories. We had stories from Evansville, Indiana, Jonesboro, Arkansas, uh, parts of uh, eastern and central Iowa, which eastern Iowa was part of that slight into enhanced. But really what we were focused on is that very border of Illinois, Iowa. But when we're seeing tornadoes in the central part of the state, that's something that was in that more of a slight in the marginal area. So it was kind of a weird system. We would call it a bust because it wasn't what everybody expected. We decided that we should have it, you know, kind of in the system uh, as Illinois because that's where all the energy was going to be at. Well, the problem with that is, you know, there was a dry slot that we can see a visit on visible radar. You could see there were no clouds and it was just kind of punched. It was like a little kind of a dent almost in the storm systems. And that's going to, normally a dry slot like that is going to lead to some production of some storms. When you see it into the area that the storm's going to be moving into, 
that's going to kind of kill the storm. So really looking at all that, that was just kind of a bad thing to see. But there was very large hail. When we look at these storms, they weren't anything to make a joke out of. They just weren't dropping tornadoes. We had tons of tornado warnings across all the Midwest states. But the only problem was there wasn't any tornadoes. That's what kind of lacked the whole um, accuracy on the outbreak thing. Which is great that those didn't happen because it's horrible to see tornado outbreaks. But from a meteorological research standpoint, we didn't see what we had expected. So it's something that's a little bit interesting that we can look at back on and see, okay, what were we wrong about uh, and what all happened. But really, it was a very big day storm-wise because we had these huge thunderstorms and they had tons of funnels and stuff reported throughout the whole day, tons of wall clouds, just no tornadoes. So it was really a cool thing to see, just not exactly dropping tornadoes. So there were damaging wind gusts. Um, there was these crazy high winds, 90 mile per hour in some places. Like in Evansville, Indiana, there was a 90 mile per hour wind gust recorded, which could be based on the tornado that had gone through there, but there is some speculation on that. Uh, with large hail, we see uh, storms that are more severe, so there's a higher chance of tornadoes with uh, very large hail systems. So combine that with damaging wind gusts, even if there weren't tornadoes, things are being kind of flattened out. We could see some surging ones. Uh, Evansville, Indiana was a perfect example of this nocturnal um, kind of threat that was going on. There was a leading bow echo that was going to double or triple the amount of the storm. So it was flying out in front of there. And we saw, like, the example of Jonesboro tornado. It was on the Weather Channel, just popped up out of nowhere and just continued going and just kept going and going and going. So it, it started building and went right through the middle of town. And that's something we don't want to see, but it's kind of something that was fascinating to watch. And it's crazy that that all happened so quickly, but more importantly, we saw tornadoes in Iowa. So that starts to put in the question, was our forecast model accurate because all of our models had all these huge tornadoes in northern Illinois so why are they in other states well the energy was just right we had just enough unstable cape um, and we had just enough uh, helicity to allow for some convection to allow these uh, storms while they were building to kind of start spinning and that's why we had some of these severe storms in areas where we weren't expecting them now, we did have severe storms across Illinois, there's no doubt about that, but the daytime heating allowed storms in other areas to really build first. And the convection was rapid in a lot of these areas, so we had storms going 50-60 mile per hour. So in some cases, that's why we saw in the western Indiana, where that threat was too, where we didn't see tornadoes there, is because, you know, we saw these really fast-moving storms, and through there, with that bow echo, yeah, there's a potential for, you know, a tornado or a quick spin-up, but really there was no time, it was moving too quickly. So, as I mentioned, there was that dry slot, and the temperatures were kind of the same in the area there. They were a little bit warmer in that dry slot. But really the more important thing was there was no clouds. Nothing was being kind of built up out of those clouds. And as that kept extending to the northeast, it was really splitting the system into two energy sources, which we had predicted. We predicted one over Iowa, then one heading further to the east. But the problem is when there's one, when they separate like that, the energy has to go one direction. So that's why it went split weirdly, the energy split too. So it didn't really follow what was expected. But there were many areas in these storms where we saw, you know, two and three circulations, mostly down in Arkansas and parts of Missouri is where we saw all this rotation. We saw lawn track supercells, ones that went all the way down from Missouri up into parts of Indiana. 
And those ones are big lawn. We saw a lot of uh, rain and hail with those. But really, the big story about this were tornadoes in other parts of the country. So, not like they're crazy other systems, it's just that they weren't in the area predicted. But looking in the area predicted, we really saw heavy rain, flooding, and just wind damage all the way around. And really, this whole week's storm, this weekend's storm, was big. It was a big system, but the problem is it was one little thing that could kind of break it apart. So we start to ask the question, is this a bust? Well, here's the problem. It's March, so that's the best it can get for March, um, from what it looks like severe-wise. We see these very photogenic storms. Um, they're an LP, so low precipitation. And then once they combine, that's when they go into an HP, a high precipitation storm. So we see these events with super high amounts of wind and that type of thing, but we can't really, you know, predict much else. So it's something that we start to look at is, was it too early? And I don't think it was too early. I think it was great that people were out chasing them. But the problem is with that is it's it's March. We can't expect these super big, powerful setups. We expect those perfect setups to be in April, the end of April and mostly the whole month of May. Those first, those first two weeks of April are kind of building up, building up, and as it gets warmer and warmer. So we don't see these big storms normally, but this everything was just set up just right to see some severe storms. So it is a kind of a, it's a March, it was a kind of a bad March setup. The setup was great, it's just what actually happened. So really overall, it was kind of a trick. So it's something that we have to look at in the future is you know, improving forecast data and everything. But really, overall, with if you were in the right area at the right time, especially in Iowa, you got to see two and three tornadoes out of the same storm at once. And maybe not in the same place, but out of the same storm system. And that was amazing to see on radar. So you, we ask the question, will this tornado season hold? So will we see it, you know, kind of stay the same as it was last year? Well, we look at... Uh, kind of some future references of okay, what's going to happen a month out? And we look and see, and there's a big chance of some severe storms this spring. We'll get into it a little bit later, but there, we are expecting more tornadoes and more severe storms this year. So that percentage of uh, I believe I believe one in ten thousand uh, storms is a supercell, and then I believe uh, one in every thousand supercells produces a tornado. Well, with that we can predict that all of these uh, storms, since there's more of them, that percentage is going to stay the same. But if you take a, if you take 25% of four, that's one. So one in every four. But if you keep going bigger and bigger, you keep going to like, let's say 100, you have 25 out of the 100 storms. So the more storms there are, the more storms that are going to have uh, this tornado threat with them. So that is, it's a direct proportional relationship. And so we see that, and we can predict, since there's going to be more storms this year, more severe storms, we can already predict that, there will be more tornadoes. So potential target areas, looking at this overall, uh, generally the plains, we could see them. But recently, we've just kind of been seeing some extension of the plains. We start to see it shift a little bit further to the west. And looking at some future models that could see a month out, um, we really are starting to look at parts of Colorado and the northern plains this year for some action. We'll see parts of Texas also, but it's the classic areas, nothing out of the normal. 
and this is the beginning of the storm season, so it's something we're going to have to watch and kind of go with and pay attention to, is where is everything developing? We can have two and three systems in one week. So, I mean, we could have a system every single day. So since we're kind of looking at the radar and stuff's firing up over Oklahoma, it's time to start getting ready. So you may ask, how has the coronavirus been affecting kind of chasing overall? Well, it's been interesting. People aren't chasing as much or they're chasing local. So we don't see crazy lines of traffic, which I think is, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing that we don't have 8,000 cars on the same road trying to track the same thing. Now, if you were looking at the radar, um, if you're if you're on radar scopers, the spotter network, you could have seen how many people were on the same road at the same time. And I will post something on this on uh, the Twitter sometime. But there was easily a hundred people on the same road in like about the same place. They were all right in the line, and that's because you know that was our first big system. But we can't expect that out of every storm because that first one is the first big one of the year. So everyone, of course, is going to go to it. But looking overall, it was funny to watch that. But I think for this year, since this whole uh, pandemic's happening, people are going to kind of stay where they're at. So you're only going to have local traffic. You might have a few other people coming in, but I think this year overall for uh, like traffic-wise and being busy storm chasing, I think it's going to be a lesser traffic experience, which is going to be a little bit better. So... Really, looking ahead to April and May, who knows what's going to be happening? I mean, every state has its own regulations now, what can and can't happen. So, you know, kind of chasing is up in the air right now, what could happen with that. But looking at the meteorological side of it, it's looking like it's going to be a little bit warmer this year. So we'll see more convection occurring. And we'll see these kind of waves going through, or we could see a week with multiple days and weeks without them. But it's something that this year, there will be more storms. So there is that more percentage of tornadoes also with that so we get uh, more storms more tornadoes so something everyone needs to be prepared for because it's you know can occur at any time so it's it's really gonna be an active year I think I don't think it's gonna be last year was uh, an active year also but it was uh, not as active as some years prior now, I'm not saying we're going to have a 2013 all or 2012 and 2013 all over again, but we could have a year that's a little bit more active than last year, at least according to current model predictions. So, yeah, it's something that's interesting. Who knows what's going to happen, but we're ramping up, and we can expect that this spring we are, we're going to get some tornadoes. So we're going to see where those are at and stuff, and who knows, maybe we'll get some really cool ones. So yeah, thank you for listening and just getting this one out here. We have two podcasts this week, one today and then one on Friday. So yeah, just listening to that one. This one was just kind of talking about what was happening over the weekend. But this next one, we're going to talk about an active spring environment on the next one. And we want to talk about what to expect and what we're looking at and what makes that environment, you know, quite interesting to kind of be and watch because it's so sporadic, but also too spontaneous. And that's going to allow a lot of convection and a lot of these big storms to pop up all at once that's something about spring storms that are nice is they could pop up out of nowhere some of these summer storms you see them long track but some of these spring ones they could pop up like crazy really quick in a small area so that's just one of the things that makes spring the most dangerous time of year for tornadoes is because of the spontaneous generation almost so yeah thank you all again and i hope to see you in the next episode